Ladies and gentlemen, Uzi here with another episode of On the Record with my guest for today, Tamari, aka Beckett. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty good. How about you? Life is great. It's a Friday. But without further ado, we're just going to jump right into it. Today is a day of chaos where I brought absolutely zero topics and everything is just spur of the moment. I'm just going to think the very first thing when I think of Dead by Daylight, whether it was based off previous conversations or just some random, you know, interaction that I had while playing. And that's going to be our conversation starter. So Dead by Daylight 2, what are your thoughts when you first hear of that? Um, I, in all honesty, I think kind of redundant. I don't feel like the game really needs to be made into a second one. I don't know. Um, I feel like the way they expand off the first one works. Maybe if they need a new engine, right? If their engine's just like really, really old. And because I do feel like there are times where they're trying to fix something and they don't really have the proper tools. So, yeah, I, I could see it being legitimate. Um, but mostly, I think, why is it really necessary? So, those are my initial thoughts. Right. So, I think of Dead by Daylight too much like Overwatch 2. So, you know, there's not much. Things that are going to be changed. I'm not entirely sure since I've never played Overwatch itself, but I've still looked into some comments and reviews about the changes, and it seems like they've kept a lot of the things the same. I'm not sure if they upgraded the engine, but to your point, is if Dead by Daylight 2 were to ever come to fruition, the only reason they should actually transfer to a second one is simply for the fact of upgrading the engine, because therefore it's going to lead to better quality of life for many people. I think it's going to allow people who have better PCs to fully utilize their PCs for that video game, Dead by Daylight 2, that is, and just be able to hopefully increase the skill gap a little bit more. And what I mean by that is people with fast reflexes will be able to time things a little bit more precisely when there is less latency, because typically with a better engine, things should operate a little bit better, right? Like when you think of like an engine like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the current one, versus Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and back in like the you know, earlier 2000s, it's like, wow, what a difference in terms of latency and lag and desync and things along those lines. And you're not really going to have those issues to begin with. So in terms of Dead by Daylight 2, the only reason, in my opinion, it should ever become a thing is if they're going to upgrade engines, which you essentially stated yourself. But beyond that, in general, I think we need to address the current Dead by Daylight. So in my opinion, Dead by Daylight has taken a lot of steps in the right direction. I think we've done a lot of good things, but we've also done a lot of bad things. And I know at certain points in time, I'm a bit repetitive from previous episodes, but there are still the same issues that continue to exist. If you look over the last 12 months, have we gotten a single map that you've been like, wow, this is a great map? Absolutely. Well, okay. The reworks of RPD are better, right? They're mm -hmm. not a great map, though, is the issue. Right. It's a beautiful map, and I think every single map that Behavior releases is beautiful, besides Borgo. I hate how red it is. But all in all, I think all these maps are beautiful. I think that they're very nice to the eye. However, I think we have some faults, as you've mentioned. Mine is RPD, which I would agree. I think the rework is fine enough now. I don't hate it. Original RPD was terrible i was like oh my gosh what is this so i would tend to agree <laughs> with the current state of rpd being tolerable it's a beautiful map but Seems is it like a, but is it a great going back to the point of your question is it a great map though you know what i'm saying 
It's not, unfortunately. Yeah, and what was yeah. when was the last time DVD had a great edition of as a map? When I, I all the ones that have been added since I started playing, uh, Eerie of Crows, um, uh, the the Garden of Joy, uh, and then the Borgo. Those the only ones. That, oh, the only ones that that come to mind, and they're all pretty bad. Eerie of Crows is better now. It's mm -hmm. a little bit better now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still don't love it with the right. rework. Um, so yeah, to your point, even since I started playing, there hasn't been a great like map that I'm like excited to go to. Right. I do and like I would... Garden of Joy as Survivor, but you know, that's <laughs> I feel gross every time I abuse the main building. <laughs> Facts. But yeah, so as Beckett mentioned, the maps in my opinion, and in his opinion, just haven't been great recently. Now, to go as far as to say that the Temple and Mother's Dwelling are not good maps anymore either, I get stuck quite often on objects that I ordinarily wouldn't get stuck on. The hitboxes of certain things when you're using certain characters are a bit terrible, such as Blight, right? I kind of feel like I'm having a bad ham reoccurrence with the bushes on that map, with how far out those trees extend with the hitbox when I'm trying to use utilize a rush token. And all in all, I just feel like Blood Lodge and Auto Haven, it just feel weird. I don't know if you feel that way. It just feel, Maybe it's because it's new, but it feels just weird. If and maybe that's because we were so used to the same exact map for such a long time. And I think the map is technically better designed. And I think they've done some things that we've probably needed for a while. Like they have like small little tiles slash pallets on like corners of the map on a lot of those maps now, which is really nice. I mean, you saw it in Erie Cruise when they reworked that. Like I like those very outskirts, small tiles to work with. So you're not in a constant dead zone. And Beck has actually mentioned in a different episode that we should just have generators in the corners. And now that we're actually incorporating like this small little tiles and corners, we might as well start adding generators back there to get rid of those three gens. But I'll also add to that point is I feel like three gens aren't very much of a problem anymore since they've reworked the perk system for Colbron and Eruption and things along those lines. I haven't came they across also... a true three gen problem. Sorry. They also changed Haddonfield and a few other maps that were particularly egregious, where you're like, no, not this map, not this map against the Skull Merchant, no! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think we've definitely taken steps in the right direction. I think we can make it a little bit better by adding those corner generators. I completely agree with Beckett's point of that. It would just separate generators a little bit more. And I'm sure that behavior does not want that to happen for the fact that you want to give killers a chance. But once again, it's kind of one's risk that do a generator in a complete dead zone in the corner of a map. Like you actually technically have minor situations like that, depending on what map you actually land on. I can't, I can't think of the realm, but you know, it's like the swamp maps. You actually will get a couple ones up against the wall. It's very rare, but you do get it every once in a blue moon. Oh and, yeah, like in in the pale rose, like mm -hmm. way back in that shack corner. Yeah, you can get a generator. Right. So sometimes you'll get there, and sometimes they don't even have the the log of awesomeness right there next to you. So you're quite literally in a dead zone. There's nothing to work with at all. It's kind of like, hey, if you want to do this generator, you can. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. And I I personally enjoy that because it's safe in the sense that you're far away from the killer, but it's not safe in the fact that. If they're a mobility killer, they'll be able to catch up to you pretty swiftly and get a free hit on you. So you typically need to be fully healed 
Otherwise, you're at risk. And of course, if it's a if it's a insta down killer, well, there's that in risk there as well. So I think that it would also be kind of a tactical thing. It's like, hey, do I want to take the risk, depending on the killer that I'm playing, to focus on this generator? And if I do, I'm at risk of instantly going down or going down quite swiftly. So I think it would also add a bit of a strategic stance on it as well, on top of it all. But wrapping back around to the maps in general is, yeah, we haven't gotten a very good map in, in a very long time. I would say the Macmillan maps have been the best maps for a very long time. I still felt like there was no need to rework Mother's Dwelling or the Temple in terms of the actual visual reworks. I'll admit they look beautiful, but everything feels very cluttered. And truth be told, Mother's Dwelling feels even more OP than it was before. You would have thought that they would have shrunk the map after reworking it in the way in which they did. But they decided, hey, this map is plenty big. And it just doesn't sit right with me because at the end of the day, even as a survivor, I don't want to have to run 130 meters just to get to the next generator or to save a teammate. It's also inconvenient to me because I don't like doing that. I understand that technically as a survivor, it's like, oh, it's safe, you know, like to be really far away. But I don't I don't care about safe. A lot of people who are I'm not trying to say that I'm of the highest caliber, but of a higher caliber player. We like being in the action and we like taking chases and we like being involved. And when I have to spend legitimately 60 seconds holding W just to get to a teammate to unhook them or to get to that generator, I feel like I'm away from the action and not really getting involved. So that's another thing, even for me as a survivor, that I just feel it's kind of discouraging because I just feel like I'm not getting enough action because I'm just literally just holding on a one button working a generator. And I don't like that either. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the core gameplay of Dead by Daylight is taking the chase as Survivor. Unless you like sitting on a generator, which, you know, that's not the, exactly the funnest thing in the world. So I agree with you. It's it's more fun. I, big maps are just bad. And and the fact that they, they updated these maps and they did not shrink them is a pretty big red flag. It's like, well, what was the point? Like, they're, the problem with the map isn't with the way they look. The problem with the map was how gigantic they are, you know? Right. And I completely agree. I completely agree. And I actually was listening into a video a content creator released semi-recently, and they were kind of hinting at behavior likes having maps like that that feel a lot more survivor-sided. And I, I don't know the legitimacy of this statement, but they want behavior to essentially say, hey the survivors are probably going to escape and that feels good for them. And you're almost throwing them a bone because they want to feel like bad, worse survivors due to RNG can escape. And for me, I don't really know how I feel about the fact that you're just kind of given a free escape. I just doesn't really sit right with me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like, I feel like you have to earn it at least to a certain degree. And when you're not actually earning it, I feel like that is a problem. Yeah, um, I I think I agree with that for the most part because I think that there should be a little bit of like leeway, like you know what I'm saying. It's it's asymmetrical, but yeah, I I do typically agree. If you are escaping, you should earn it pretty much every single time you escape. It shouldn't just be like, oh, the game's RNG just gave you a free escape. That that's just silly. If that happens on any kind of frequent basis, right? Right, right. And so I find it to be very interesting because the game is designed like that. And it's okay, right? It's okay for the game to have minor, you know, RNG-based things such as that. 
But like, for example, when you're a killer and you hop on a fractured cow shed, you're just thinking in your head, well, GG's, you know? <laughs> and yeah. like and and yet behavior is never tackled that that's not a very skill-based map when everything's so safe and that's another thing that just doesn't sit right with me because at the end of the day you have to accommodate that there's more killers and there's nurse and blight that can almost just say i don't care about these things you have to take these things into account because all it's doing is it's hurting the weakest killers right like a lot of people enjoy running people who aren't blight or spirit right? You know, how many more people would run Trapper if the game would just be a little bit more fair, right? And I'm going to talk about something that I talked to my previous podcast about just kind of trying to elevate some of these killers to be a little bit closer to Blight and Nurse and Spirit, and then lowering those top three killers just a little bit simultaneously. And I think we've talked about it in the past, but it's something that everyone should be aware of at this point. Is Blight's add-ons are absolutely broken. I talked about it on the last podcast. Momo just went on a thousand win streak with Blight running double speed add-ons. Should not be possible in any way, shape, or form. That's absolutely ridiculous. And we have Mother Daughter Ring for Spirit. Like these add-ons are broken. These add-ons need to be literally nerfed severely or completely reworked. And then we need to have these weaker killers have certain add-ons become base kit. Yeah, it will also distinguish these killers in their own specific way. Like for example, I think it's cool if Wraith would have base kit Shadow Dance forty percent as the green add-on. I think that would be a really cool feature because every time you're close, you're automatically kicking a pallet forty percent faster, and then you just get rid of that add-on entirely, and then maybe even just use lower the purple add-on for sixty percent. And maybe refiddle the numbers because otherwise you're getting 100% faster at all times and then moving that down to a green itself. And therefore, you're making the base kit feel a little bit better. And maybe this would make killers too overpowered and that's what behavior is scared of. But at the same time, you need to make these killers feel a little bit stronger. And I don't think giving Wraith Shadow Dance 40% faster on kicking a power generator or vaulting something is going to be a make or break. I don't think that's going to suddenly raise them up to A tier. I don't think giving tra- Trapper a base kit haste after setting a trap for 5 seconds at 5% when Knight already has that as his base kit is going to make him suddenly overpowered. Or Skull Merchant, who literally gets a permanent haste whenever a claw trap is attached to a survivor. Like, there's literally we've already seen it multiple times where some add-ons have been made base kit for these killers that are yeah. unfortunately the most recent killers but they're not doing it for the order killers and yet they're not being played nearly as much as other killers like i i would if i'm a betting man there is if, from just about anyone in the community at least one killer they're like okay they need a complete rework of whether their entire power or just in terms of you know how bad they just feel as is, right? Whether that's like quality of life or just in general, you think they're just extremely fun to play as or broken, and it's like, oh, okay. Like for example, I thought Twins was supposed to receive a complete rework. They're the least played killer in the entire game. It's absolutely atrocious that we have a killer, a whole killer in the game that you see once in every 200 matches. And I'm not even exaggerating. I think my Twins matches are one in every 200, and they're actually a strong killer, but no one plays as them. So strong does not mean fun. Sure, yeah. So I want to ask you, what killer in the game right now would you say, hey, I would rework them, and how would you rework them? 
Oh, Pig. Pig right. is a huge one. Because I like playing Pig. She's just terrible. <laughs> I She's, totally agree. I love playing Pig. She's terrible. Um, um, yeah, I think uh, obviously her dash ability is just not up to snuff with other killers' powers, right? As far as like a chase power goes, um, she has to, she needs she needs to get more speed out of it or something. Um, uh, I, I think I would actually change the way head traps work too. Um, I'd, I'd probably make them a little make it a little less possible for um, for the pig to force a head pop because there's all kinds of new strategies for that. If you haven't seen lately, there's all kinds of strategies for forcing head pops and like harassing survivors, getting them to scream and doing all kinds of stuff with perks for forcing head pops. I'd probably make it a little bit more difficult for the pig to, to put pressure on a survivor like that, who has a head trap. Like, so if you're just near them, like that, the thing just disables again, I that could be abused, mm -hmm. but right. I, yeah, I think within so many meters, the trap should automatically like deactivate its timer. For example, I'll give you a great example. This actually was probably the most infuriating match that I came across in four months of Dead by Daylight is I just got hard tunneled by a pig on the game and they were running add-ons where you couldn't see where the traps are and they just kept like essentially crouch walking and like looking the other way and it would just reactivate my trap. And so I wasn't in the chase and so but I, I couldn't do it. So they were close enough to me where I couldn't do anything, but they were far enough away where you know I it didn't count as a chase. So Inevitably, I died, and that just that legitimately was the most frustrating experience ever. I met because, like, for example, I greed, which is partially on me. You know, I greed pallets because I think that's part of the fun of Dead by Daylight. Playing super safe is just kind of boring. Seeing what you can get out of a pallet or a tile is a really fun experience, and also helps you get better. And so, like, when people just do that and completely ruin the whole gaming experience in general, because like it's not even like that person was just tunneling me; they were literally just hovering around my area so i couldn't work on disarming my trap while simultaneously if i tried to they would just grab me and i knew it because i literally tested it. i tried to just hop on right in front of them and they just grabbed me and i was like oh, okay so it, it didn't matter so to your point is i completely agree i think pig needs a rework i think that brown add-on that they just increased the crouch movement speed should have just been base kit i think that their dash attack as you mentioned should also be just quicker faster why not? Literally, we have double speed add-ons for Blight, and yet we have a very slow pig that makes absolutely no sense. Like, that that dash attack should be threatening. It should literally yeah. be threatening. But no, like, I've, like, literally, I know some people are like, oh, you know, like, I'm just going to leave the tile when they crouch, by the way, which is a strat. But I want the, the like, for, for, first of all, there's just, you know, at the end of the day, every killer is different, and, like, there's counters to every killer, but I want when you're actually in that tile and you cannot escape that tile without getting hit, I want there to be genuine fear that I'm crowding you down because of the speed. Because I've seen killers fail to control it effectively. It's still technically a skill, especially if you increase the speed because you have to pretty much do like, if you want to actually get a dash attack down, you have to pretty much do like an immediate 180 to go the opposite direction when you start one direction to try to like throw off the survivor for a second, depending on what they're doing. And worst case scenario, you know, they still hit you, but it was a lot faster. And you know what? Like, that's okay. If they hit you with the pallet or they somehow escape, that's okay. But at least buffing it, to your point, would be extremely nice. And I know we've had minor reworks on the Skull Merchant in the night, but I still think they are in dire need of reworks to this day. 
because I didn't start DCing on Dead by Daylight until the Skull Merchant came out. And I have not came across a single good Skull Merchant. What I mean good, I mean is like, and just like not utterly toxic gameplay. Here's the thing is I don't care to get like tunnel a little bit. I don't care to be face camped a little bit, but it is absolutely atrocious. Like heart, you know, like literally the the current players that play Skull Merchant are the embodiment of the toxicity of Dead by Daylight. And I don't believe that to actually be true. That is simply a statement that I'm saying because of how many negative experiences I've had. I know that there's non-negative content creators out there who actually, one in particular, I don't even remember what their current name is. So I can't think of it, but they're a P100 Skull Merchant. And they did a recent showcase on Odd Starver's channel. And it was really fascinating to see how aggressive you could play as the Skull Merchant. However, no one plays like that. No one plays like that. And that's the problem. Is you see the potential of this killer, but you don't see the execution. So, you know, it's just something that I don't really enjoy. Because, like, it, it shows that the, the killer can potentially be a really fun killer. But there's just... It's just not possible. Like, so I don't know if, like... For example, having the drones receive another minor rework or having the traps give you like a, a bigger haste speed and the, the the traps stay on you longer. I don't I don't know. But either way, like the, the gameplay of the Skull Merchant still needs another rework, in my opinion, because it's still really fun to play against because it's a free hit once you leave the loop, because otherwise you become exposed and at other points like, well, who cares, you know? And I would rather take two hits than one. And the knight is the same exact concept. Sometimes you actually get a little bit more leeway depending on how that guard actually goes towards you. Like sometimes you can break the the actual POV of that guard last second and it's just a normal one, one chase against the knight. And sometimes you can manage that, but not always. So, and there are still things that they could do for the knight. And I'll just leave a couple because I would rather them rework the knight right now than the skull merchant because the skull merchant already got its rework. I still think the knight should have to bring the guard so many meters before placing it down so you can't deal with that insta drop. And on top of that, you have the simple ability to break a pallet with your guard by using a different button. So that second function wouldn't go away. You just wouldn't be able to immediately drop. You would just have to kick the pallet immediately. And that would also incentivize survivors to like feel comfortable staying in a loop because it's like, oh, if they do their power, well, they're gonna have to do like, you know, so many meters out. I mean, it's not even gonna work. So unless they're trying to cut me off in the future, I'm fine at this tile. And so it's a normal M1 chase instead of a free hit. And it would also incentivize the killer spreading pressure, which was the initial design of the knight, and I am confident of it. The knight's power was designed to apply pressure to multiple survivors at once. That is exactly why I run the build Surge, which is now Jolt, Lethal Pursuer, Barbecue and Chili, and Thrilling Tremors. That lead gives you so much information as the knight to dispense your guard to a generator close by or a little bit farther away to apply pressure to that person and then I can proceed with my M1 chases and two whole survivors are occupied and if a survivor is hooked, guess what? That is three survivors incapable of doing anything. That is pressure no other killer in the entire game can do and yet no survivors have that experience ever because every single night that I come across is drop power, drop power, drop power. But the knight is capable of so much more, and it would be really cool because I don't think anyone would complain about a knight that's simply M1s, and you deal with M1 chases. 
I, I, would you agree, or do you have a different philosophy on it? No, I'd probably agree. Uh, it, it's I also like playing M1 killers. M1 chases, like the mind games you do in M1 chases, are fun. Like, um, I, it's also the most fun. I I don't like it when I have to go up against a a, a zoning killer, right? Like that's boring. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, I have to just leave this tile. There's no mind game. There's no. There's no. There's no um decision to make. It's oh, do this or I lose, right? Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yep, I'm 100% on the same page as you. That's why Wraith is my favorite killer of all time. Blight, a close second. But the reason I love Wraith so much is because of the simple fact that he's a normal M1 killer. And the beauty is that Wraith typically can get a hit on a survivor if they're close, far enough away from a tile or close enough to an area in which I can just simply body block them and get the hit. But either way, it, then it's just a one-hit chase and we leave it to the mind games. And that's really cool. I don't even use Bamboozle, which I really should, because it's quite on the rise in this day and age, and I'm seeing a lot of applicability out of it. It's a really good perk, and I'm surprised that people haven't used it more in the past, but I just think that's because people were stacking slowdowns before, like Eruption, Call of Brian, and so they didn't feel the need for perks like Bamboozle to quickly end chases because it didn't matter before, because you were just kicking gens and holding on to them for 30 plus minutes. So I think that's actually why we're seeing more bamboozle in this day and age, because you're focusing on things to end chases quickly or to diminish resources swiftly. So, all in all, yeah, I completely agree that like M1 chases are the most fun, whether as a survivor or as a killer. And obviously everyone's entitled to feel differently about that. You know, some people prefer playing against zoning killers and some people prefer playing as zoning killers. And that's perfectly okay. Everyone's play style is completely different. And I respect that. However, what I will say is I would just like to see, such as the changes I was mentioning to the night, just make the game feel better because the capability of some killers and the potential of some of these killers are great. I still think there's killers like Legion that are extremely boring to be in a men's simulator. That could be a little bit more fun with a, a couple, a little bit more tweaks. And I truly believe that. I, I, I don't know what they would do, but I, I, before the skull merging came out, I said, you know what? I'd rather them just take this time to rework a bunch of killers to rework their powers or to improve their quality of life. And we'll just go from there. But now, now that we've had two absolutely blunders, Skull Merchant and the Knight, I want something new. I I I, I want the rework to happen after, but I want I want something spicy. We've uh, we've heard a couple of rumors about Alien being next. Once again, these are simply rumors that may not equate to anything. And I think that would be really really cool. But you know, you got to think, what would the power be? Would the power be fun? Because at the end of the day, I don't care to play against an alien if all they're going to do is give me the same gaming experience as the Skull Merchant of the Night, right? Well, they sit down an area, and that area is infested, and you can't (laughs) go in (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that that acid on the ground will immediately down you, so... (laughs) Yeah, but to your point is, I'm no longer excited about what killer it is, I'm just excited to play as or against a fun killer. And so I don't care if they would never do a licensed killer again as long as they're fun. And that's all I simply care about. And at the end of the day, like Wesker didn't have to be a licensed killer. That could have been a totally different killer that was non-licensed. There would have been less hype about it, obviously. But it would still have been the best killer that we've had out in years. And yeah, so... I, yeah. I did I did say earlier that my, my favorite chases are on one chases. When I'm playing Survivor, the, the exception to that is Wesker and Blight. Because I still feel their power, I still feel like their power is strong, but I still have options, right? 
I can mm -hmm. still I can still try and get as much value as pallets as possible. Like yeah, it's it's way it's those guys are still fun to go against. But yeah, sorry, just wanted to interject. Oh that. no, you're perfectly fine. Interject me as much as you like, but. Yeah, I just think Blight should, uh, doubling back to him, just receive some reworks on his add-ons, and I think he'd be in a wonderful state. But I do want to talk about a perk that I know has been considered dead, which is dead hard. Do you actually consider this perk to be dead? Um, No, I just think it's severely reduced in its applicability. Dead? I don't think so, but I, th I think we're going to see the rise of Sprint Burst and other perks like that now. Right, and we already have, and I completely agree with that. However, what I will say is I've received more dead hard value than I ever have before because they're not waiting it out anymore. However, I still think one minor rework should come to dead hard. I think if you utilize it, whether it's on accident or on purpose because you misclick a button or you just misdo it and then you know you escape, I think once you're done being exhausted, you should have that ability to utilize it again. I don't think it should just be two dead hearts a match. I think it should be two successful dead hearts a match. Because if, for example, if I am on my first hook state and I finally get dead hard and the killer waits on my dead hard and I go down, I'm on my second hook state, then I only get one more left anyways. So it doesn't really matter. So at least give me the ability, if I can somehow manage to escape that chase, to at least potentially get two successful ones. And that's kind of my mentality about it. But the reason I still run Dead Heart is because of the specific builds that I run are very applicable and extremely useful to that play style that I play. So I like having it. But I don't like how I just, just get two. I think it should be two successful ones. And technically, I still lose out if I go down and they wait out my Dead Heart. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe that is bringing it a little bit more overpowered again. What are your thoughts? No, no, I think that'd be fine. Honestly, just two dead hearts per match. Like two, we it only disables if you hit it, right? Like if the killer hits you, and and you successfully did your dead heart. That's the only time you would actually the perk would actually deactivate. That I is correct. I, yes. Yeah. I think when that's the endurance, fine. yeah, when the endurance or mending effect kicks in, I shouldn't say endurance. When the mending effect kicks in because of you actually successfully hit it, then it just automatically goes away. You could still get exhausted too, like, and if you escape the, like, you still have to escape the chase, right? You get exhausted, and somehow you, you know, you still stand up. Like, I feel, oh no, because I guess it usually if you don't, if you miss it, you went down, and you got hooked, right? So you probably typically yes, hard, probably typically. get that hard back anyway. But if you can stay, if manage to escape that chase, I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't get another chance at dead hard. I completely agree. I completely agree. And if they see it once, guess what? They're gonna wait for it. It's not like we didn't deal with that meta for like six months. Like that meta existed for a very long time. People know how to wait out dead heart if they see it. I, literally, when I see, see someone hit a dead heart, which sometimes it's actually hard to tell whether or not it was a dead heart, and sometimes people are like, oh, it's just off the record. But it's literally gotten me out of maps. It's gotten my teammates out of matches. It's wonderful. I love the perk in its current state. And. I don't. I. I mean, I play fifty-fifty. I play fifty percent survivor, fifty percent killer. I'm very indifferent. I think the perk is very good in this state. It's very healthy. I just think if it needs a minor buff, they just give you two successful ones a match. So yeah, I think the big problem is solved with dead hard, where your first chase is dead hard, and suddenly you know they they extended the chase by thirty seconds because of a successful dead hard, meaning you don't get any pressure as a killer for like how you know two minutes or something insane. Like you don't get a hook or any pressure for two minutes. That's that's too much. 
And I think the nerf to Dead Hard kind of helped that quite a bit. So I think it got nerfed as much as it needs to, right? Right, I completely agree. It's in a really good state right now. And I like it. I really do. Once again, I'm a 50-50. I'm a pretty unbiased person. My biggest bias is how much I hate Skull Merchant. So... But I do want to talk about something that I'm not sure if you've seen anything about it. It's kind of, it's Otsdarva's Pyramid of Balance. Have you looked into this at all? Have you seen anything about it? I saw some videos about it on YouTube. I did not click them, though, so I okay. forgot to fill me in. All right, so essentially what this Pyramid of Balance is, is kind of like indicating like the level of, I guess, you know, capability of like one ceiling i guess based off of this pyramid so at the top of the pyramid and when i say the top so it's an upside down pyramid so like the base is at the top right so that biggest part is the base so it's experiment oh geez experiment i don't know why i said experiment experience the next one is resources the next one is mindset and then the very last part is rng which is like that tip but it's it's going downward so, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter how you actually have the pyramid, but he has a like bottom side going down towards the tip. So the tip is pointing down to the very bottom. But essentially it's saying experience is the most important aspect of Dead by Daylight. Then resources are the next most important part of Dead, Light, Dead by Daylight. Then mindset, and then RNG. And so there's kind of a, a little bit of a debacle, a little bit of an argument, a little bit of a, I would say, a back and forth. I would more lighthearted than anything about what is actually more important, which is, you know, experience or resources. And then one could also say mindset or resources, if you want to try to mix those together. So would you agree that Ots Darva's mindset on that pyramid of balance is correct? So experiment, I don't know why I keep saying experiment. I don't know why that's in my head. I must've read something today that is indicative of that. But anyways, experience, resources, mindset, RNG. For example, Scott John said resources, experience, mindset, and RNG are next up because he was saying that Dead by Daylight is not as much of a skill-based game. However, I want to know your thoughts. Um, sometimes experience just doesn't help a whole lot. You have someone who's got a lot of hours in the game and they just still don't know what they're doing, right? So there's that aspect of experience. I probably agree with odds that experience is probably the most important. But for me, mindset means a lot too. Like if I just want to mess around with my friends, you know, like I I know that things are going to end poorly, right? (laughs) I'm pretty pretty much resigned to that. So I, I, I don't know, man, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough, in my experience, probably, um, resources are actually probably i'm gonna have to agree with scott that resources like because because if we if i'm playing with friends and we're you know I, they, they have varying levels of, uh, of of skill and stuff but if we if we take the killer to like you know bad ham or something like we can actually win right <laughs> so so again resources means a lot right mm-hmm so when we're being sweat and we bring and we bring bad ham and we're cheesing it, we're just like, all right, we want to win. Um, yeah, yeah, I think resources, if you really, really abuse them, they're probably the most valuable thing in Dead by Daylight. So that that's if I'm if I'm looking at that, I'd probably have to say I agree with Scott. If you really abuse the resources, probably the most valuable thing. 
if, right again and that's not like we're not like looking at like tournament competitive play right because they limit resources in those so right so I'm going to be on Odd Starvis' side here for two reasons. First of all, I just like the back and forth, but secondly, it's because I genuinely believe in that. But I want to also add one more additional point is that the people mentioned that resources and mindset correlate a lot because, for example, you're not going to bring as many overpowered resources if your mindset is more relaxed and chill. So that one's kind of a hard point. It's like, but at the same time, I can bring chill stuff and still you know, had the mindset to win and still do fine, right? So I think it goes, you know, hand in hand. And at the end of the day, the reason I say experience is more important than resources and mindset as well, if we're going to technically include that, because I, once again, I guess those could be interchangeable. But the reason I say experience is so important is because I can't tell you how many times I've gone against people and like this is almost counteracting my argument in a way where i have a thousand eight hundred hours in dead by daylight and i can't tell you how many times where i've came across swifts with twenty thousand hours eighteen thousand hours and i was running a killer that i was good with with and i don't really run slowdowns uh, you know like i i've been running a little bit more slowdowns a little bit lately because i'm still you know curious of what perks are really cool and which ones don't work but more so, it's just an experimental phase, and you know how far that those slowdowns actually go is just surge, you know, and <laughs> surges it jolt. So it's nothing too crazy. But and once again, this is kind of negating my argument because, well, by that logic, the experience goes to the survivors who have twenty thousand hours against my eighteen, nineteen hundred hours. But when you dedicate so much time to a single killer, or when you dedicate so much time. Because I do believe any video game or any sport is also mental. And what I mean by that is, for example, like studies have indicated if you practice something in your head enough, it's actually going to like show in real life when you're actually trying to do that very thing. Like if you practice a golf swing in your head like uh, you know, 500 times and you just keep imagining yourself swinging with the perfect stroke and then you try to do it in real life, you actually might have a little bit more success. So with that being said, I have more experience actually watching Dead by Daylight videos probably than simply playing, which is kind of weird to think about. But as a result, I have a lot of experience on like the competitive scene and, you know, like tips and tricks. And so despite someone may have, you know, 4,000, 5,000 hours, how seriously are they taking it? And once again, to that point is that's why I say mindset might even be able to be changed. My set mindset has always been to win. And so, I, although I only have, you know, 1,800 hours, I'm able to, you know, do perform better than people with over 5,000 because I have the mentality that I want to be the best, right? And so, you could even make the argument that mindset is more important than resources for that very reason. But, the, oh, no, the reason I say experience is so important is because, like, I can't tell you how many times that, you know, my, like, I've been able to overcome odds that seemed helpless as a result of just like quick thinking on the spot decisions you know even if i'm playing a little bit dirty or because and that's the only reason why i think mindset's more important than resources i literally i can be in a match and i can say if i would do this very thing i'd win the match right now and i choose not to do it i might lose and that's okay because my mindset at that time is not to win and that's the only reason why mindset for me might even be more important than resources like for example, when I'm running a blight, no, like no add-ons, and I'm you know going around the map, 
just hooking every single survivor the first time. And I somehow get a little bit of pressure where I have a survivor on the hook and a survivor down and I could areas in the hook. And I'm like, I could win it right now because, you know, one or two people are injured and it forces, you know, more pressure, but I'm going to leave and just go to someone that might be on a generator and give them the opportunity to reset. Like there are certain conditions where you're on the map and you're like, I probably win this if I do this. Right. But if I then decide to not do that very thing, I'm potentially losing the match as a result. So it didn't matter because I have limited resources. My mindset was not really a winning mindset. It was just a chill mindset. And that's one of the reasons why I think mindset could go over resources. But my experience would also allow me to overcome that very, I guess, self-inflicting wound that I'm experiencing by leaving that winning condition. So if I can leave that winning condition and continue to apply more pressure and still win when I already had a winning condition, it was due to my experience that allowed me to get to that point. My resources, regardless of the map, and once again, I'll give another example because Blight is a bit of a niche example. Wraith is my favorite killer and I probably have more experience than any other, you know, than any other killer like of, of my experience, that is. I'm not talking about like, I, I have more experience than any other Wraith in the world because that's not true. But because I've played Wraith more than anyone else, like, I, you know, I can track where survivors are on the map and like kind of see which general area they run to. And I'm like, okay, this person's probably here and this person's probably there. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I'm able to apply a lot of pressure. And when people say, oh, racers are really overpowered, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's just say I run like three aura reading builds on Wraith and Franklin's demise. I'm denying a lot of those resources naturally just by doing that. So, you know, like that's still kind of the reason why I say experience is more important than resources. And I would even go as far as to say mindset's more important than resources. But once again, those two kind of go hand in hand. So that's a really difficult discussion to have. I just, for me, I've had little resources and succeeded, right? But because, but I've had a mindset to win and I've still won. And so it's, it's just really tough. But all in all, I, I, it's because of the experience that I have that I feel like I was able to do as well as I have. But at the same time, I would still make the argument on your end that sometimes there's just an overwhelming odds against you and the resources are too much. If you go against four syringes on flipping Ormond and you're a pig and they're pre-dropping pallets preventing you from doing anything on the map and you're running just nothing but aura reading for every reason, you're not winning unless those survivors are really bad. So I understand that. It doesn't matter if I have 20,000 hours of experience, I'm not winning. So I do understand both ends of the argument, but I have noticed that experience has copped me out of more situations than resources. I would even say, here's another thing I would, I would say, because what, what, what resources is kind of an umbrella term for like what you're bringing to the match, right? And what, what, what the map has, is giving you, right? Are so, we, like, so we are including things like, because, Things on the map that they give you, wouldn't that technically be RNG? Because they don't, because there's a random, I would say there's a randomness to it, That's right? That's true, might, yeah. So that, that one's kind of hard, right? Because resources for me, and once again, everyone's entitled to their opinion. So if that is what you believe, that's totally fine. But I think RNG is based off of what kind of map you get. You don't know what map you're going to get unless you choose it. But then it goes under the category of resources. And typically, like, for example, you could get like a really OP, let's just say auto haven, or you could get one that for every reason just really sucked and like all the tiles were just really just easy tiles that to mind game. 
like for example when you get a bunch of like four lanes you're like okay man like four lanes really like i don't want to deal with a four lane like i i want like a jungle gym or something along those lines you know what i'm saying so like for me depending on what kind of tile you get is rng based and what and unless you're bringing a actual map offering that is also rng of what map you get as well so i would say resources is actually what you bring whether it's perks items and i would even go as the far as to say yeah like which killer killer you bring yeah Mm -hmm. that that makes a big difference sometimes exactly because once again we'll get back to the simple fractured cow shed argument nurse is gonna do a lot better on fractured cow shed than trapper nine times out of ten yeah and yeah, so. I would I would say that okay under under those yeah I could see why why you would say that experience is more important. Again, I, I would I would also throw the argument back at you that some some people have a lot of experience they just don't learn very well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I will I will not out this person, <laughs> but I knew someone who had three k hours in the game, and that's a little exaggerated. I think they had twenty six hundred hours, and they did not know how to run the killer, and I'm not exaggerating. Like they could not, they could not operate a normal. Okay, you're on Auto Haven and you're on one of those like short tiles where you can see the killer the whole time. They would still get mind gamed on that tile. Yipes. Yeah, they were they were just very bad. And like it's okay. Like not everyone's naturally gifted at video games, and some people just don't ever get used to video games to begin with, right? Is this so like that being, was that like a common occurrence that that would happen to them? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah they were. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, and I did a kill with your friends with them one time, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, oh God. But, once again, not speaking names, but my point being is there are exceptions to experience, but I, I think there's exceptions to everything. There's exception to resources. Once again, you can go against four syringes, and if they pop it at the wrong time, then they lost everything and it was useless. Yeah. And mindset, for example, I run head-on a lot now competitively. I'm like developing a competitive like head-on build that I like using, and it's legitimately gotten me out like a, a mine, like a uh, not like a crazy, but I've, I've I went on like a six escape streak with in solo queue with head-on because I was able to make a lot of good plays. Like I legitimately had three head-on plays in one match that actually got my teammates out of chases because I would utilize that with a flashbang. Like stuff that is seen as Mimi, I literally utilize to help my teammates escape the entire chase. That's pretty legit, yeah. Yeah, like and like that's not a very common thing. And like I'm still testing the builds and whatnot, but like meme builds can be once again a mindset thing is I can use that head on to meme with the killer, or I can use that mindset to use it to help my teammate out and literally help them escape out the exegetes. And so once again. That's why I think mindset is also something that I could even see being more important than resources because head-on is literally designed to be more like Mimi as a bit like a meme build, but like in the right hands, it's literally a really good resource. And that's why that also goes hand to hand. Resources and mindset go hand to hand very often because like resource wise, technically head-on is more of a mindset like then a resource because I can use it to troll or I can use it to try hard. But if you look at resources and see four head-ons, you're not thinking, oh God, that's really scary. But if you see four dead hearts before the update, oh that's scary. You know what I'm saying? 
And so that's why at even times I say mindset is more important than resources, because I truly think if I went against four really good survivors who didn't run any perks or any items, he would still win depending on what killer I'm running, regardless of slowdowns. Because at the end of the day, if you have four really good survivors spread out and do generators and run their tiles well, and I'm not a flipping nurse or a blade and I'm just an M1 killer, I'm, I'm probably still going to lose. Like, it's crazy to think about. That's why, like, I think that if people try to, like, four really good survivors, and once again, this it goes hand-in-hand hand with experience, would go in, on a major win streak with no add-ons to items and no perks. Like, let's just say hens and three other people. I bet they could go on a win streak with nothing. Probably, yeah. With no resources. My... my... My interjection here is DBD holistically, right? Not the top end of DBD. Um, when I when I look at, because my experience is probably not top end DBD, right? My experience is like um, the average game of DBD because I, I play with a lot of people. I, I play with like people who are who are not so great, people who are pretty good, people who are really good. But most of the time, this is this is why I think we both gave different answers. Most of the time, what I see is like it's it's almost always resources because <laughs> because um of sometimes experience experience doesn't always equate to skill, right? And experience doesn't always equate to the player learning and and being better, right? Some mm-hmm. some people don't really improve that much. Um, and and mindset, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, okay. Mindset does matter quite a bit, I think. Right from from my observation, um, especially for myself. Uh, actually, you know, mindset might be might be actually the most important thing because I, I felt like a month ago when I was playing DVD, I would tilt every game. I'm not like a I'm not like the world's greatest survivor or anything, but I feel like I can do pretty good. Uh, but like I was just tilting every game because like I would see something like something would happen I don't like like a a ping hit through the window like I, I was on the other side of the window and I got hit and I'm just like fuck this game you know like and I'm just like <laughs> instantly tilted so mindset might actually be more important actually from my observation like just self reflecting on how much how how upset I would get the game. Cause I, cause I was just playing it too much. So yeah, I, I don't know if, if I really had to go back and like observe every game ever, um, mindset might actually be more important. It might actually go, uh, resources, mindset, and then experience <laughs> because, because in my experience, sometimes people just don't learn. Sometimes like a lot of the people I, I'll play with, like they don't learn. I'm like, guys, why are you taking the killer back to the hook? <laughs> mm-hmm. The right. killer is chasing you. Take him away from the hook. I, I right. Don't know. Yeah, I'm also changing my answer. I'm changing it to experience, mindset, resources, RNG. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's legitimate. I think I think we we legitimately have different experiences with this game. You know, we play with different people. We play it with different uh, with different attitudes going into right. So it's like, I mean, we our observations could be completely. And our experiences with the game could be completely drastically different, right? 
Right. Hmm. Very interesting. But yeah, I, I, to your point is, yeah, depending on the experience that you've had as a player, it's like, yeah. I don't I, know. I think I, at this point, I'd have to admit that I play more Survivor than I play Killer 2, right? So mm-hmm. that's another that's another thing. Like, it's probably, for me at this point, 70% Survivor, like 30% Killer. So, yeah. Like, and I play a lot with my friends, too, which which makes a big difference. So... Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, I'm probably like 60 killer, 40 survivor, because I've been eerie one for killer for a while now, but I, I just now reached iridescent for survivor. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I just think that like, you know, it just depends on your experience with the game, that that how you answer that. So, yeah, uh, and my my experience is is survivor, and it's it just gets it can get really frustrating. Um. When when you play with people and they don't learn from their mistakes and um yeah I, I that's you know it's a video game I don't want to get I don't want to get super mad at people for making mistakes in a video game you know well, I completely so. agree right so I I think we've kind of established our answers here so. I'm going to move on to something that I'm really intrigued. It's a very simple topic, but I'm curious. What are your thoughts on the endgame chat? Um, I usually ignore it. Uh, but yeah, I, see, I do see quite a bit of toxicity sometimes. And I, I usually just try. Sometimes I'll be toxic too, I'll admit it. But most of the time, it's like I just see it and I just ignore it. Yeah, so I think it's I I agree that you know the chat's very hit or miss. So I think the chat should do one of two things. I I genuinely mean this is I think there should be a pre-game lobby chat as well as an in-game chat, or just get rid of both. And the reason I say this is because if someone's gonna be toxic, there's a small chance that maybe you get that toxicity to come out in the pre-game lobby, and that will incentivize me to switch to a try-hard build for that match. And the reason I'm saying this is, guess what? When I'm running a meme build and this killer wants to be toxic, it's already too late for me to change my build. So I would rather have a pre-game lobby where I can interact with the killer and everything's hidden. So, so like, literally just, like, say killer and then survivor one through four in, like, no order. And then have your banter happen or have your positive things happen. And that's okay. That is perfectly okay. But if they start acting toxic, guess what I'm going to run? I'm going to be running my life off the record, resilience, you know, hope build, which is like one of my go-to builds. First, my head-on build with a flashbang. And once again, you know, you can go back to the mindset thing. If you have the mindset that you're going to try hard with that build, you can still make it work. But I think I'm going to get a lot more value out of my life build than I am going to get my head-on build if I'm going to deal with a toxic killer because odds are they're going to tunnel me and my experience is already going to be more negative. So I would rather have both or none. I think that is exactly how it should go. And I understand that could be a controversial topic, but generally I think that a lot would get accomplished. It would give me a better idea of the situation if the killer decides to be toxic before the match starts. Oh my God, a TTV. Yeah, you're going to get tunneled to death. Ha ha. Okay, well, I'm running off the record. Life, decisive strike. You know, like, and like, I guarantee you, there's going to be some goofball that's going to say that. You know what I'm saying? Like these killers have no restraint or these survivors have no restraint when it comes to endgame chats. I have learned literally 
you were weren't you present Beckett in our match today it might it might have been a different match but we were literally playing mother's dwelling against the ghost face i think you were on the hook and i was doing the generator and that killer literally said for us to all kill ourselves right oh i, I think he was talking specifically to a Lodi. yes i was there yes but yeah like it was absolutely like heinous just because she tried to blind the killer to buy everyone a couple extra seconds at least that was my mindset because we had no clue where you or Lily Poppy was at on the map. So if we can let the killer hit us three times and buy an extra couple of seconds on the biggest map in the entire game to hopefully find the exit gates and kick us out, that's huge. Yeah, no, I think and and I think Jamie had she was exposed, right? And I was injured, yes. so yes. Mm-hmm. it actually really helped us. And I don't think they were, tr- I don't think they were trying to be taxed. I think the killer was just, I think the killer was tilted. Honestly, mm-hmm. I completely agree. And like, here's the thing: is like they were like, oh, the survivors, you, know, you take your skew, blah blah blah. You know, you guys are just shooting tattooed. And like, you know, like at the end of the day, I will actually agree. I think that survivor does not take as much skill on certain tiles as people would like to admit. On certain tiles, I think. But at the same time, that Ghostface didn't do a singular mind game. That Ghostface did a very linear approach to Dead by Daylight. And I, I legitimately said, and it might have been in talks, I said, watch some Odd Starva videos and learn some tips. I literally said that. And like, it wasn't meant to be toxic. But when I don't see a single mind game, I see you running thrilling tremors and you don't go towards the generators being worked on at all the entire match and choose to tunnel when you have pain resonance and you continue to tunnel the same survivors when you don't get value out of pain resonance beyond the first hook on the survivor as long as it's a pain res the first hook like yeah he tried to tunnel me i forgot about that and lily poppy i forgot yeah he tried to tunnel and it didn't work out for him i forgot about that Right, so it makes absolutely no sense. You have perks that would be really advantageous if you would apply pressure and utilize your perks correctly, but you didn't. And that's why I legitimately just said, watch a video from Hot Starver, maybe learn something, because you just didn't apply your perks the correct way. Ghostface on Mother's Dwelling, granted, biggest map in the game, very survivor-sided, but you're Ghostface, and it's a really dark map now. So We didn't have either of the POG windows in main, though, either. We, did, like, we didn't really have a good setup in main for looping. R- I completely agree. And not just that, but he exposed two people throughout the match without people even noticing. He didn't get either one of them. Yeah. Right. Right. For example, he, I don't, I don't even know what happened because I didn't even know what kind of angle, but the ghost face exposed someone and then lost them. So that was also an inability to track. And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful or rude. I'm just saying like the guy had all the resources, but none of the experience. Or maybe he just lacked skill. That's that's a thing. Maybe skill gets rolled in with experience, though. So yeah, know. yeah. I I wish actually I w- okay. We're gonna actually I I'm gonna interrupt myself because the 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 chat thing was a very simple topic. Would you change the your list if we get rid of experience and say skill? Yet say it's skill, resources, mindset, RNG. Would your list change at all? Uh yeah, skill go at the top. One hundred percent. Yep. I, yep. <laughs> In that case, I would actually even say that skill, then resources, then mindset. Because if you're a skilled player versus experience, because I think experience and skill are different. 
And I think that's also like a, a topic. And that's what I think the, the pyramid is a little bit interesting. In the fact that resources and mindset kind of combine a little bit when I think of experience, I just think of how much some person's played rather than your, your level of skill. So I think those are different. So if we just sit, replace experience with skill, I also have skill at the top and then I have resources because a skillful player is going to utilize resources effectively regardless of their mindset. Because even if I have a chill mindset, I'm still going to utilize my med kit or my toolbox at the right time or my s- syringe. And then our syringe. syringe. Oh, my cringe syringe. I, I think actually syringes are actually in a kind of okay spot now because of how they touched med kits. I think syringes are a little bit less ridiculous. But yeah. Right, because you're not getting an eight second heal followed and you're by not getting like three full hills out of the med kit too, on top of the syringe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. But I feel like most people just use like brown med kits anyways, just to utilize it. And I keep forgetting that because I tried to use a agent on a teammate earlier, but I healed myself fully first, and so I didn't realize that it's now like when you use a full brown med kit, it's already gone. Because of yeah. the efficiency, <laughs> because it loses 33% efficiency. So I was like, oh no. And so <laughs> I couldn't even use the agent on my teammate. I was like, no. So yeah, I need to rework my brown add on. But, anyways, I digress once again. So I felt like there was one other topic I really wanted to discuss with you. So I'm going to put the pressure on you. Is there anything you want to discuss or anything that you're thinking about? In Dead by Daylight, um, not real. I, honestly, I thought the changes were going to be so bad, <laughs> but I'm okay with the game the way it is for the most part now. I I'm losing a little bit more as Survivor, but I was already losing a lot as Survivor anyway. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm nothing. Used to it. Yeah, nothing's changed for me. It's it's legitimately Dead by Daylight feels new different to me because like I understand an eight second heal is like really fast and really nice versus a twenty four second heal. But at the end of the day, I hate to say this, but like most of the time my games aren't coming down to the wire. And so if I take an extra sixteen seconds to heal, it doesn't matter if I'm already my team's already in a losing position. And if we're already in a winning position, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter once again because we're still probably gonna win. And so the whole nerf the med kits has not changed anything in my perspective because your team's still gonna win if you're a good team and your team's still gonna lose even if your team isn't good. But like there's yeah, yeah the micro versus macro decisions that a lot of dbd players make is what like really separates in terms of skill level but i did just remember what i wanted to discuss with you what are your thoughts on bloodlust oh i i ideally i think the game would be in a spot where we wouldn't need bloodlust i don't like it as a mechanic um but i see i see with map design why it's kind of necessary um what are your thoughts? What did you want to say about it? Yeah, besides the reworks on some of the perks that we've mentioned in the past, and did we already do a killer podcast once on reflection we, research? We were going over, I think, add-ons, and the, the the recording got corrupted or something. Yeah, I swore we went over like an episode of. I'm gonna have to check over our podcast. I swear we did a killer one because I thought I did. I comment on Beast of Prey with like receiving a different rework. But anyways, 
Uh, once again, I'm, I'll just get to the point. Is I think Bloodlust isn't necessarily a bad thing in their current state because of map design. However, to your point, is I think in an idealistic world, we just get rid of it and the map design is improved upon. Which they're already improving on the map design, which is why I think Bloodlust is becoming more and more just just a bad mechanic, right? So like, it's oh. more necessary because of the map design. We're, we're we're getting terrible maps like Borgo and no, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> I mean the way that, that the way that they're trying to fix certain maps, right? Like to 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 be like, okay, there's not nearly as many pallets, you know, you don't have as many connect. The connecting loops aren't as disgusting, but yeah, Borgo is actually like a problem. I, yeah. I was trying to realize, and Garden of Joy is a problem. Like, yeah, so. they're huge. And by the way, specifically Borgo and other maps suffer from the same as that issue. And I know we were talking about maps earlier, and I thought we were done, but you can never be done talking about the problems of map design. But my goodness, why do we have all this random crap on the map? Like there is like seventeen benches on Borgo, or just like seventeen random like areas on the map. That I'm like, why is this here? This wastes so much time. Like they're so scared to have open space on any of these maps now in DBD. It's okay to have a little bit of open space. And why are we continuing to create maps that are so disadvantageous for our boy trapper? Like literally, when the ground is sand, my trap isn't going to be very effective. I hate that. And not to mention, who cares about hunters? Let's have a bunch of invisible walls. Or who cares about Demo Shred if you, we want him to go very far? You'll just run into an invisible wall in the Garden of Joy. Like, what are the what is the purpose of these invisible walls? They do absolutely nothing. If they're scared of the game being broken because of these like higher elevated areas, fix that because it really just hurts other killers and it removes the fun aspect out of the game. And behavior is known to hate fun when there is a and I, I like like I, I, I recipe space Billy dude. Space Billy, Space Wesker, or Sky Wesker, also gone. And on a very, very small note, when, like, literally the second, the literal second that you could combine cosmetics between, like, not, like, the fits that were all together and non-fits, like, that were just random and different, all behavior was on top of Granted, I understand that's more of a legal thing, but my goodness, it goes to show that behavior was quick. So behavior could be quick, to you know resolve some things in the game that they don't at times like that merciless storm bug just kind of went on for over a month and they just love removing the fun aspects of dead by daylight i don't think that space billy or sky wesker ever hurt anybody i don't think that anyone was like oh my gosh this is absolutely egregious i can't believe this is in the game this is absolutely awful no no one said that it was a cool fun thing modern warfare 2 the original modern warfare 2 had a many many like glitch spots and like cool little areas you could go on ma the maps and they never patched them they were so fun to do i literally went into prior matches with friends and we just practice them and get really good at them and we just have lots of fun in prior matches and like literally in dead by daylight you don't get to do fun stuff like that you know often i would practice space billy if i could do that i would learn i would literally main billy if there was cool stuff like that in the game but they don't they get rid of the fun and there's just not enough fun stuff. We don't have special game modes in all the years that Dead by Daylight is out. When have we ever had a 2v8? Yeah. Like, like eight survivors, two killers. 
And of course, there would have to be certain restrictions implemented into that. And I do understand why they technically wouldn't do it. Imagine two killers face camping one survivor. <laughs> that would just be funny to watch, though. It's like, yeah. okay, they really just—they really just want this guy dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, man, we don't like this guy. Gosh darn Claudette, or gosh darn Meg, I want you out. Or you know, two killers literally body blocking the entire basement, preventing a single survivor from going into the basement. As a result, that's a guaranteed kill. Yeah. Or imagine like two well, nurses that- on the map at once just going the town and like, or or alchemist ring blight with you know adrenaline vial just going crazy. Like, like I understand how broken the game could be, but the fun sounds endless if they would just do some reworks. Yeah. Like, let me propose this. So, for example, we already had bigger maps on the game. But like, and you would have to do all the reworks because, like, technically, there's like double entryways where it's like, oh, hey, I technically like killers could block both doorways and it prevents survivors from entering. So the way that you'd have to design the game is to essentially say, hey, we are going to create certain tiles and like like brand new tiles, brand new maps that accommodate to this to kind of counteract because you couldn't have a basement. If you were going to have a basement, it had to be really big. And so I understand the implications. I do. I do. So like when people, you know, dismiss like behavior, like saying, oh, they don't, just don't want to do a 2 v it's a lot of work. It would be a complete rework. You would, you'd probably have to set specific killers that would do it. Because for example, two trappers that would coincidentally get on the same map. And let's just say you would just do like, you know, a normal, like, let's just say like, jungle this... gym tile and then, and then the trappers trap at the windows or like a window and and then they body block the other areas and then it's like oh well, this other seven survivors can't do anything to help that person so i understand that but new game modes could be implemented maybe this is why they're doing dbd2 maybe they're they that like if they have a new engine they have the resources to like kind of like you know make these things a bit easier to set up right mm-hmm. and, and that that if that's the case, you know, thumbs up. Like they should green light it, and I'm I'm ex- I would be excited for it because that's exactly what DVD needs. It needs something to spice the game up, where you got like a two v eight or something. That that would make the game so much more interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, there's there's a lot of logistics that go into like actually trying to make sure that the game is playable in that in that way. Like and and it's balanced around sort of balanced around that a little better. Right. I completely agree. So beyond the two V eight, there are plenty of game modes that could be incorporated in the dead by daylight that would make the games a lot more fun. So I feel like people don't think about these things because they're simple quality of life things. You can kind of cheat and just think of other video games. Like what did they do that worked or what did these things do that were fun? Have you ever thought of hackers doing things that are like a little bit sus, but very minor? Oh, whoa, that survivor has a movement speed buff for that hack. What if we just incorporated a movement speed buff to every survivor and killer on the map and and then knocked the generators down by half? Imagine that. So instead of generators being 90 seconds, they're 45 seconds, and the movement speed of both survivors and killers are, let's just say, 1.5 times faster. So it's like a really cracked game mode and maybe add a generator less you know like uh, you know it's like you only have to do four generators it's essentially a fast-paced dead by daylight game mode for people who just want to like be really cracked out imagine like running at you have to say 
6.0 meters per second while being chased by a killer that runs at like 7.0 or something. You know what? Like that, I'm just throwing out numbers. I, I don't have all the logistics here. I didn't think about this prior. We're just talking as we go. Or a 1v1 game mode where we actually have a 1v1 leaderboard where it shows like, but this one's going to be kind of difficult because you have to just say people could boost for that. So I don't know how much you want to do that, but maybe incentivize certain prizes, right? And if they want to boost for the little prizes, then that's fine. But let's just say we incorporate a 1v1 game mode where if you go on a little win streak, and the win streak, to what I mean by that is because there wouldn't be any hatch. So what would happen is both the killer and survivor would spawn on opposite ends of the you know killer shack, as you do when you do the 1v1s. And then the, you know, and then the match automatically starts. And your time, if it exceeds two minutes, you get a win. It's just throw out that number. Let's just say they decide Cold Tower is the only map we'll 1v1 for a month. And we're going to test this, see how it goes, see what works and what doesn't. And so they do all this. It, it becomes an overwhelming success. People love the new game mode. And so they're like, okay, if you go on a five-win streak in the 1v1, whether it's a killer or survivor, which, you know, whatever you would want to do, or you could have it as both, you get a reward. So you get a certain cosmetic, a specialty cosmetic only available for that month for a certain killer or survivor. I think that'd be cool. It would be an incentive to grind, an incentive to get better. And you know what? Like, if people decide to boost for it, you can't control that. That's out of your control. You you know, like, I mean, the DVD community does have some really nice people who are willing to, like, accommodate. And so they'd be like, oh, you know, the person just does a head nod and just, like, you know, points. And, like, and you're kind of like, oh, wow, this person is, like, one away from the cosmetic. I'll help them out. So, like, if that happens, that happens. That's whatever. But either way, like that game mode would be so fucking fun. I think I would do 1v1 game modes all the time, especially if you're trying to grind for a cosmetic, like a specialty cosmetic. It would give me a reason to play a new game mode because if I'm tired of, you know, just doing generators, I just get to do the most fun part of DVD, which is literally run the killer. And I'm improving my skills at the same exact time. And it's they don't have to do too much. We already have private matches. We're halfway there. You, you have to just set a specific spawn point no perks i mean the game starts off with no perks like you're already halfway there in the settings you can literally turn perks off like private match is already halfway there to exactly what you need to do you would just have to update the coding a little bit to set certain spawn points and yet they don't do that it's crazy to me uh you want to know why why is that i think i have the reason why q times uh if you have people doing 1v1s it's gonna kill q times right I feel like that's. I know you don't play League of Legends, but um, uh, League of Legends had a game called Ultra Rapid Fire Mode, the most fun I've ever had playing that stupid game. But the reason they shut it down is because their excuse was the queue times for for some for their for their queue time for the game that that they wanted people to play, the main game. Um, and I think this would affect DBD actually pretty significantly because the Q times can already be well. They're yeah, kind of they're great. an okay spot. They've been so good for twelve yeah. months. Even when I'm a survivor with a zero percent blood point bonus, I wait thirty seconds. As a killer, I wait five. The Q times are the best they've ever been. They've addressed that, and they already have the coding down because the, I knew they have it down because I remember playing in twenty twenty and I would wait thirty minutes yeah. for a match. I remember playing minutes. in 2021, end of 2021, we would wait at, at late at night. Forget it. Just don't yeah. even play. Yeah, exactly. They have fixed it. They have done an exceptional job. I have the uttermost confidence that they would figure that out. 
Well, I guess the argument would be like, how bad could you tolerate it being, right? Because I guarantee if you start introducing new cues, it's going to hurt. How badly? I'm not sure. Maybe they could figure that out on the back end, but it would definitely hurt queue times for just regular old DVD. So, see, the only reason I semi disagree is because at the end of the day, a lot of people are just casual gamers. Like when you look at Call of Duty, for example, there's a reason why, like, you know, hundreds of millions of copies have been sold, and yet there's less than 200,000 people watching a CDL event. It's because the comp scene is so small, and 1v1 is a lot of that comp scene. And so, like, like when, like a lot of people when they're like one v one they're like what you don't one v one in DVD like people don't know what that is like unless you're watching the DVD league you're you're not knowing about like comp at all like it, it's a casual party game and I understand that the argument of whether or not it's actually a party game can be argued but it's a it's a game that you play with your friends and so for me it's a party game I understand by definition that's not actually the case but at the end of the day it's a game just designed to have fun. And if there's a small little competitive game mode, that's going to be a small game mode. Like, once again, if we refer back to Call of Duty, range play, there's a, a fraction of the people that run you know, ranked play are actually on, like, the casual playlist. It's like, you know, it's probably like 100 to 1, you know? Uh, you know, most of the fan base is running Team Deathmatch on Call of Duty, and then you have that other small percentage that's running ranked play. And, of course, like, beyond Team Deathmatch, like, pubs, S&D, and Domination, things along those lines. But in all in all, like the one v one game is gonna be a lot smaller. I think, like the biggest incentive is the only reason why it would become a lot bigger is if you would incorporate those rewards. But once again, that's why you're gonna do the one v one coal tower trial, like that's I was mentioning to see what if it even works. But once again, like there's like these game moves are gonna incentivize two people coming back to the game. So if anything, you're only increasing the amount of people that are playing the game. Therefore, it's supposed to help. It's going to help with sales, allow you to maybe hire more employees, increase the game mood options, and continue to include the queue times. Like it's it's both a business as well as a just like financial profit. You know, like business is going up because you've incorporated new game modes, and as a result, with more people coming in, you're now bringing in more money of people buying. Your excels, DLC packs of you know killers, and there's just people who are playing more, and then they're going to be more incentivized to buy the new killer that comes out, whether it's Alien or Yoda. Obviously, it's not me, Yoda. I'm just throwing something out there, but I just think that a little bit of spice, as you mentioned, would be great for the community, and I firmly believe, based off what I've seen for many, many months now, that behavior really cares about the game in the sense that. They've made a lot of good changes and they've actually listened to the community. They've taken a lot of good steps to kind of make amends and show, hey, we're actually like trying to work with you here. They're not perfect because obviously, you know, we still have add-ons like Alchemist Ring and Mother Daughter Ring and Trapper still only has two traps and can <laughs> spawn in the trappers. back of the map. Yeah. Like the, the face of DVD. <laughs> the face of DVD. Yeah, the fact that Blight is still allowed to have his add-ons is is a is a um it's a crime against humanity. But yeah. <laughs> it really is. But yeah, so all in all, I, I th- you know, I, I think that we've talked about a lot of good things and we've also talked about some concerns and we've talked about some interesting topics. So with that being said, is there anything that has entered your brain since we started talking about things such as new game moves or anything on those lines that you would want to talk about? Oh uh, no, not necessarily. I think I think that you know covered a good good chunk of this stuff today. So, 
Yeah, well, in that case, I think that's going to be it for today. So, everyone, thank you all so much for stopping by. If you want to give your farewells, Beckett, and then I'll r- wrap up my outro. But I do just like them hearing your beautiful voice. Hey, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure, as always. Um, good to be here. and Hope you have a good day. Yeah, thank you so much. But, yeah, no, per usual, we killed it. We had a good time. No script. Literally freelanced it. And I felt like it turned out pretty good. So let me know all what you think. So feel free to, you know, at my Twitter, Uzi, and, you know, leave it, you know, say, hey, you suck. Or, hey, that was kind of a good podcast or whatever you'd want. And feel free to follow wherever you're listening to, whether that's Apple Podcast or Spotify. But either way, stay safe, the fog, and have a wonderful rest of the day, per usual.